0: Have a seat there, my good brother.
1: Hey man.
0: Alright. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Hilliard Beacon Audio Companion uh, number five. Episode it is five. March 23rd in the fine city of Hilliard, and we are coming to you live-ish, steps from the safest land currently owned by Norfolk and Southern Railways. <laughs> <laughs> running through the heart of Hilliard, Ohio. With the and, uh, tracks. I, yeah. Decommissioned rail. Uh, For the joke, for those of you not local to this locality um, I am Jordan Smith this week And together with Tim
1: Hoffman And Kevin Corvo
0: We are your Hilliard Beacon Representatives And uh, we are joining you today to talk about uh, This week's reporting, next week's reporting And uh, the future of this newsletter and news service So let's get right into it Um. We were talking a little bit before we kicked off this recording process, Kevin. Of like, I think this last week in this report you filed illustrates the benefit of what we're trying to do explicitly. I think it tells people directly what we're trying to do uh, with the format, which is local reporting done in a recurring manner, with existing knowledge and developed understanding of how to go about getting specific knowledge and giving that information to people. So there aren't as many gaps in people's awareness and knowledge of how these things happened, how they uh, were investigated, and how they're resolving or concluding Mm -hmm. or still in a state of openness. So talk a little bit about what you found in uh, this week's report as it pertains to um, the minute-to-minute details of the crime, you know, that you found in the police report, um, and then we'll we'll segue into the city's response.
2: Okay. Uh, the story that posted uh, yesterday is just a follow-up in what I think uh, community news newspapers, uh, where they still exist. Um, that's their wheelhouse um, is to um, pick up a topic. Other media might pick up on such. News events uh, But may not follow through on them uh, Either because of their own staffing issues Or other considerations So uh, something I've done in my career At the Northwest News And this week was to follow a topic Through its uh, through its uh, multiple stages Yeah So
0: um, Fully investigate the life cycle mm-hmm. Not just the initial incident mm-hmm. And then leave people with mm-hmm. open blanks That mm-hmm. get filled up with all sorts of things mm-hmm. We would rather it be factually, well-sourced, and reported out info, and that's why we're doing this uh, with you, and that's why you're, 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 you're continuing to uh, put your effort in here, so thank you for that.
1: It's good because as new information comes to light, we... Th- so... The... Uh, dispatch, for oh. example, covered the story... We'll get one story out of them on the whole thing. Somebody somebody ganked almost a quarter mil from, yeah. from, from Hilliard, and that's all they'll go. They'll get the clicks, because that's the most interesting thing. They tell what they know at the time, which, uh, through the process of the investigations, more information is coming to light. I learned way more about what happened from yesterday's post. Interesting things. It's like, okay, some of the machinations... Like, I'd love to find out, oh, a similar email address. How similar? Right. You know, Gmail warns me when my mother-in-law emails me from a different address. They're like, Linda has never emailed you from this address before. Watch out. Right. That's a fair point. Right. And she has only stolen a quarter mil from me once.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of mistake, you know, it's like the Spider-Man rule. Everybody gets one. But, I think it's one quarter You know, I think it, And you know, it, it is kind of illustrative Again, we, we talk about this uh, Or Kevin talks about this specifically In that, you know, this chain of reporting Of there was a transaction that was authorized A change in the transaction information That controls the routing of funds Between this well-established paving company That the city always does business with, and many huge cities do business with this company. Sure. Uh, So one subtle change to that information slipped in through a method of emailing, phone calls. You know, a a level of coercion, a level of confidence, a level of inside understanding or insight, I should say, Mm -hmm. and understanding into how these processes play out. You know, that's what crime is. Right, and I think. It's not just, a, and I, I hesitated when this story was the first story, because again, it can be perceived as negative. We're point scoring. We're trying to be sensationalistic, but in reality, what we're trying to show people is that no, it's not just random. Someone exploited weaknesses. Those weaknesses are understood and seen by government. <coughs> Yes, this was a terrible oversight mistake, and Kevin's reporting illustrates just how, you know, no matter whose explanation you listen to, the failures are in all those explanations. Mm-hmm. We didn't follow the policy that was there. Regulations exist, regulations are successful to the degree that they can be enforced, and, you know, the will of the person enforcing them or following the process to enforce them in this case was lacking. It was lacking, you know, and that that led to a a series of failures that then
1: uh, led to a series of consequences. Right. Mm -hmm. So, what I understood from. So, when they say they gave new information for blah, 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 it seems to me like someone sends an email and says, hey, and it seems to me that the two pieces of information that got changed were the ones that I used to order checks, right? Mm, They changed the routing number and the account number. And apparently the, they needed to get a voided check from Strausser with those numbers on it? Or but they didn't. Or Right, these are the things that you do. You get a check that se- that, that says it. That is like proof that this is the right account. Or there's a, a, a deposit that they make and you verify the amount. These things that PayPal does if you're trying to hook up a new bank account. Mm-hmm. Very... These are standard things that most people are used to when they're trying to set up payment for friggin anything Sure so w- are we finding out that someone someone just entered numbers that some they got in an email? Well I mean that's what we're get, trying to get close to finding out was it was it that simple of a mistake and that simple that blatant of a, of a, a, a policy a safety policy that someone just skipped?
2: It hasn't been publicly said exactly how the phishing attack was carried out, or right. or, 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 or what action or lack of action mm-hmm. allowed that to happen. I think right. I think that's something that um, some city council members probably have some questions about too. Mm-hmm. Some of those things I would expect might be shared confidentially or under executive session between the administration and city council. Sure. Those conversations are allowable. Um, are allowable in executive session. Okay. Uh, the the actions you mentioned are actually something that um, Mr. Landy said in his letter to City Council. Okay. Uh, so that that's where that comes from. That, that these actions weren't taken. Um, part of the fallout from from um, from the loss of the money is uh, City Council. I'm sorry, the administration has changed um, mm-hmm. s- and tweaked some procedures and protocols uh, that are part of. Um, of safeguarding okay. against that, um,
0: and they've gone on to say, kind of in keeping with what you were saying previously, is we're not going to share the specifics of that. Again, these denials of like certain access to information about process mm-hmm. and how they're going to go about denying people access to a repeat of this. They're obviously going to be canny and try not to let any of that out, right? Because well, they perceive it to be, you know, betraying a weakness. I mean, obviously, people already knew how to exploit the system. Right. You know whether or not there had been press briefings on how we do data security here in the city of Hillier or not. Now, somebody took us, right. um, but I think now the benefit of this kind of reporting is we move on to the next stage. Dave Delandy wrote a public letter, essentially by submitting it to City Council. He made it public. He made it public by doing that. By uh, doing, there was discussion. That there was
2: discussion at City Council as to whether or not that ought to be public, but. Uh, the manner in which it was delivered um,
0: opens it made up. Made it a public record. That's Right. That's, those are the rules. But that's how that's how good reporting works too, because taking that public record and putting it into this sphere of discussion generated meaningful response from council people, city administration. We had to update the article to reflect a response from uh, you know city manager Crandall. And I think that allows us to progress this story to a, another plateau, right? So the Delandi public letter has been refuted uh, by the city administration
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, directly uh, in a number of ways supported by their quotes here. Uh, Councilperson Terazi was a little canny about it. They said uh, factual inconsistencies. Uh, City Manager Crandall came out, was more direct about some of the specific ways where there was a chain of information that was laid out in the Delandy letter that was not apparently uh, part of that chain, according to the police investigation and the internal investigation. So, The police
2: investigation only has limited information that they've made public. Right. Uh, the, the police report that I received, or, or uh, that's a public part of the police report, uh, did not reference the, did not reference the deputy director. Um, the report I saw did not did not reference did not reference him uh, in what played out December nineteenth and twentieth um, when the request was made by the person posing as um, the vendor.
0: Yeah, suspect posing as an executive of the company sent an email to an accounting assistant using an email address similar to the actual company's email. Through that email, the suspect asked to have the vendor profile updated and submitted signed forms. So. They assume that there are some ACH forms that, passing in front of an accounting assistance, mm-hmm. uh, finance department assistants' eyes, passed some level of scrutiny uh, that they were familiar with dealing with, and they got scammed. They got yeah. scammed, and that's that's essentially. Um, and how that's it a happen. new
2: policy for the city. Um, it's only been in place since June.
0: The ability to use those ACH payments in this way, where they can approve. The direct transfer from that office to vendors? Apparently so. ACH
2: was the policy for ACH and the ability to do it began in June.
1: Right. So before that, they weren't doing these kinds of electronic. I didn't, I didn't ask maybe they're just cutting paper checks to people I don't know what they're doing but it was this was a new ACH this was a new thing that they started doing it
0: in June 2022 procedures were put in place in the finance department detailing how ACH were to be set up for vendors and how account changes would be handled these were the right. procedures that were not followed by a staff member in December which led to the uh, phishing scam being executed. These were also the procedures that staff reviewed and made more stringent in February before all this became public, and they had to take a look at it and say, "Oh, we need to be, you know, on the lookout in the future for this, and we need to have answers for when this eventually does become uh, known." Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we kind of touched on the Delandy letter. We touched on the council person and people's responses. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, kind of my perception of how these mechanics are starting to work <clears throat> And again this is administration bit of a crisis on their hands this is how the thing functions and because of good reporting we're seeing how it functions mm-hmm. and in some of the council people's responses just detecting a significant streak of this is why we hired a city manager mhm this is the reason we wanted this level of expertise, experience, you know, in the job and all these other things, because these are the kind of things we were hoping to guard against, but in the event of them happening, this is the kind of expertise we need to have in the chair. So I think that's where this story is at. The next level of this story is how the city responds and moves forward. You know, refuting the Delandy piece, there's nothing left there, but if there's a lawsuit for, you know, damages and things like that that might come forward from the Delandy side of things, wrongful termination, you know, seeking, you know, compensation of some kind, unless that happens, that's over. That's it. Hmm. On that side of things, that's, that's the end of that part of the story. What's left is, do we ever see any of this money again? And I think, you know, you see... The chain of information that came back from bank people, bank employees, the money's here. It'll take 10 days to get it back. Oh, no, the money's not here. It's already gone. And not only is it already gone, where it landed, it got split again and sent to different banks again. Mm-hmm. So now it's this hopping chase, right? Mm-hmm. And it catch me if you can, and I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, My last question on it is just simply, uh, is there an acceleration to this? Is there a state police? Because if they're scamming city governments, plural, Mm -hmm. but this is the only place that local reporting has thus far put this out there in this story cycle, Mm -hmm. and there is no more local reporting in Ohio, like... Is there more to this Are we the sole victim here And I don't know It doesn't feel likely You know you have a certain sophistication of operation From a criminal side of things Why do it once Right For sure My dad always said Unless it was enough to get him to a non-extradition country Where (laughs) he could live on a beach And never work again another day in his life It wasn't worth crossing the government And I largely subscribe to that same theory These people crossed the government. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The idea that they would do it for a one-time deal, mm, I don't know. I think there's more out there. I think there are more people that this has been happening to or at least have been targeted. And that kind of points out the other thing. We're kind of criticizing the city for failing in their policies. We don't know how many of these attacks get deflected, turned away every day. This is the environment out there that we're asking people to operate
1: in. Right. And unfortunately, in many cases, obviously, the last line of defense against losing hundreds of thousands of dollars may be someone who you've put in charge of responding to emails in the office. Right. And then it gets back to the question
0: of ACH payments. How efficient do we have to be? (laughs) Do we have to be so efficient that we can send $200,000 to the wrong person because of a couple digits in the wrong place? Right. Uh you know that's that's a tough tough pill to swallow. Yeah. But pivoting to a a slightly more positive um you know uh development for the city, I think we should talk a little bit about an event that happened last night here at Crooked Can uh Breweries which was uh the first ever or no, the second state of the city under the new city manager administration. That would be her third. Third, I thought twenty one. Twenty
2: twenty was her first year as city manager. Now I got—I have to think back. I suppose she had done a virtual one because that was the start of COVID. COVID, right? But uh, and honestly, I don't—I don't remember. But this is this is her third. She's beginning her third, third, term, third calendar year, year. Okay. as city manager. Not term.
0: Yeah. Um, they don't have terms. They're
2: just hired. Yeah, they're, they're hired by contract. Um, in fact, her contract was renewed last year. Um, so I believe she's under contract, I should have brought my notes, but uh, she's under contract I think through 2024, mm. but I'm uh, not sure on that. <laughs> but this is her third year as city manager. She began city manager uh, January 1st, 2020.
0: 2020. <clears throat> and it's been, you know, to navigate through this far, uh, no small feat, given all the external factors. and. Like you were there last night, there have been a ton of positive developments, uh, you know, just revenue-wise for the city and, yeah, and some other things. But talk a little bit about it. Uh,
2: she delivered her state of the city address, and uh, which usually serves as a vehicle to to summarize the city's accomplishments, uh, administrations' accomplishments, and also to uh, to look ahead. Uh, so uh, Michelle spoke about a number of things: uh, the groundbreaking on the new Hillier Community. And wellness center is April fourteenth, mm-hmm. so they will start construction on that project. Uh, something else, uh, perhaps, that needs uh, followed up on uh, because the budget is running over on that. Uh, yeah. both both because of just general inflation in, in the construction industry. Um, they're also finding uh, where they're where they are building that. Uh, they are discovering environmental. some environmental things that need addressed. Uh, the location of the water table, things like that. Uh, so uh, that's going to run a little a little over budget, but there is a groundbreaking for that April 14th. Um, uh, so she spoke uh, she spoke about the amenities it will have. Uh, part of those amenities include a uh, a uh, medical campus for the Ohio State University Wexner Center. One um, of those she spoke about that.
0: that reinforces mm-hmm. the you know viability of having that uh, giant physical location yes. here is having a solid partnership with somebody like OSU yeah
2: I'm um, having that there uh, in part uh, continues to increase the, uh, the uh, income tax that uh, Hilliard uh, generates withholding tax from employees who work in the city of Hilliard sure. uh, that number and she has of course the exact numbers are out there and uh, I apologize for not bringing those with me uh, but uh, Hilliard continues to increase its income tax base uh, having that additional income uh, allows them to uh, improve amenities uh, Uh, law enforcement, Recreation Parks Department programs, and all those things uh, derive and are uh, accomplished and uh, possible because of the the income tax uh,
0: revenue. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, Did they talk a little bit about uh, new Amazon data center on Scioto-Darby? I mean, it's my neck of the woods, so Mm -hmm. I'm very aware of it, but they kind of plowed into up along the highway uh, back toward that what is colloquially known as Blatt's Lake.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and they got that all leveled off and they're going to start putting the campus in there. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that land use wise very much more in favor of something like that where they've tucked things in you know, buttoned it into a corner made use of otherwise you know, land that would be tough to develop or that's resisted development up until now. hmm um, it wasn't like they didn't cry for uh, giveaways or, or freebies in this regard. It was mostly just there's a perfect little sliver, let's get this project done. At least from my reading of the thing, when it comes down to choices like that, I like the idea that maybe as we are getting more professionalized in our administration of city services and city, city uh Bidding and those type of deals That we're getting a little more Thoughtful when it comes to land use And one of the things I'm sure they talked About at the State of the City was the Talk to us uh, Surveys about uh, Community direction development um, Guidance from Mm -hmm. that Was there anything that came up from that That stood out to you?
2: Uh, She mentioned uh, Construction, some grading is underway On the development of a mixed use uh, Property on Truman Boulevard uh, adjacent to the headquarters for Equity. Equity is the developer of this project. Uh, it is on Truman Boulevard, north of Davidson, um, and uh, construction will soon start on that. Close it, to the
0: Norwich Fire Station, right? That's a, right. That's a good landmark for um, people to it, kind it, of just pull in That's the head. corner
2: of Truman and Davidson. Right. Uh, so it, it's, uh, it, it's north of, no, it's south, it's of, south of, that. of that. It's yeah. south of that and on the west side of uh, Truman Boulevard. Uh, that will be a mixed-use uh, apartments, uh, as well as uh, restaurants and other retail uses um, and services. Uh, some of those restaurants are said to be uh, those that you won't find anywhere else in Central Ohio, and perhaps not in the state. Hmm. Uh, the developer isn't quite ready to say whom with whom they're speaking, but they are working on bringing um, some restaurants that uh, that there aren't many. That are that, that are unique to Central Ohio, and, mm-hmm. and they hope to put those um, um, in that development.
0: Well, I mean, you know, if a developer actually can bring relationships from other aspects of their business, I mean, I don't have anything against that kind of development. That's not mm-hmm. anything I'm. It doesn't really concern me, you know. I mean, it would right. be it would be one thing if it's like, oh, you know, mixed use financed by a mm-hmm. TIF. Uh, that's da 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 da. I think you know we've got a real honest to God affordable housing pinch. middle housing is a real issue. Like, how much our city wants to step in and play a part of solving middle housing, like as a concern in... Because they've said, we want to build in. We want to grow inside the boundaries. We don't want to be plowing under green grass and and fields that are on the skirts. We want to be taking advantage of these slots. So... You know what what shape that takes is going to be interesting too. There
2: was discussion about uh, exploring the opportunity for infill development and things closer to the core of, of Hilliard, right. a, as opposed to only looking at further west and out and out toward Darby Creek. Right. Uh, th- there was discussion about uh, how to make the Cemetery Road corridor, the gateway into the city, uh, stand apart a little more. Mm. Uh, how to make it look uh, unique through any number of means, landscape features, other things. Uh, but there was discussion of, of um, future efforts to, uh, to as you arrive, drive into Hilliard off of 270. Wow, I'm in Hilliard.
0: Yeah, cut down, um, cut down on that idea of, like, um, every mm-hmm. highway exit and turn it into right. a little fresher of a presentation, um, I guess. So sure. I, get I think that. there's an
2: effort to do that. Um, sometimes it's not so apparent when you're... Leaving one city or leaving Columbus and going into a suburb, uh, and there was discussion of, of making that pop a little more. I'm in Hilliard, sure. Uh, so I mean, I
0: I don't always, you know, like, I don't always have a terribly strong opinion on you know, municipal vanity, mm-hmm. uh, but I think the idea, you know, Hilliard's always had that little brother kind of feeling to it, and whether or not it's Really meaningful. Obviously, there's plenty of growth flying all over uh, Central Ohio from a lot of different perspectives. Um, why any of it should be relative or compared to, except for maintaining meaningful standards of employment and you know things like that, I couldn't tell you. But um, you know, I I think it's good that uh, these things are regular and recurring, as you'll hear me talk about all the time. I think people's ability to feel like they know what's going on. Have some level of connectedness to it. I think that's a big part of what we're trying to do in general with the markets we've run, with the kind of businesses we operate, and what we're doing here uh, together today, and with you as a, as you know, publishing the the beacon is giving people more of that. Because absent that thing, what do we have as a community? Where is the actual togetherness that binds us? You know. Is it a series of stores? Is it a highway exit? Is it, you know, your house where you don't know your neighbors? What is it? Well, it lacks definition, and um, you know we have to show people that this is a textured life we live out here, and there's plenty of things to be interested in, and government is one of those things that, in a city the size we are, in an environment that we share in Central Ohio, in the era that we're entering into. You know, it is more important than ever for everybody that has an interest in government to develop it. Everybody that doesn't have an interest in how uh, government works and how public reporting works and how you know the job that Kevin used to do and the job he's doing now can have a meaningful impact on your life. You need mm-hmm. to you need to grab hold of this stuff with both hands right now. And I, I feel it strongly myself. It's why I'm sitting here doing this. It's why I hope you'll all join us. Uh, in this mission and help support us um, by subscribing and uh, choosing one of the membership options that will toss us a little bit of your hard-earned DOSH. Um, I think we've got one more bit of business today. Right. We did discuss that we wanted to talk a little bit about our paywall, Mm -hmm. and we're going to, and we've always committed to keeping certain elements of the reporting utility-based and always free. And, you know, the city government stuff that Kevin's been doing, that's subsidized by the patronage of our supporters and subscribers, and we thank them for that, and everybody gets to read that because of that support. For sure. Because of your guys' effort and my effort to bring these things together. But what I want to talk about now is stuff that we put behind the curtain, stuff that we give people tantalizing little glimpses of that showcases our, you know, creative side, or maybe... Showcases a different side of Hilliard. And I thought, you know, lay a few of those things out and let our readers know that we'll be putting this up for a poll. Uh, so when you receive this podcast, you'll open up the email and it'll say, Do you think we should do X or Y for our very first behind the paywall offering? Right. And if you're a paid subscriber, you'll be able to vote in that. And then that will tell us what direction you think we should go. And I've got to tell you, we'll probably go in that direction. Right. <laughs> Of course (laughs) So, we've got two options on offer Number one It's very simple It's a little show called Everyday Artisans And on Everyday Artisans Me, Tim Tim and Kevin Kevin and Jordan (laughs) Jordan and Kevin Will go around to different places Meet different people That are living and working in Hilliard In some capacity and proving it every day, and we'll talk to them, and we'll bring that to you, folks, and we'll tell you a little bit about one of your neighbors and about what a great town you live in by virtue of having great neighbors like these. Yep. So that's a very. Let me simple jump show. in there a second. Please. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's something
2: that uh, Michelle Crandall brought up during the uh, State of the City mm-hmm. that small business um, is the backbone of the community, and sure. she highlighted several of them. Uh, while I expect the city uh, would also desire to attract uh, Fortune 500 companies, sure. uh, she equally uh, pointed out and showcased um, the small businesses. Yeah. And that was something I once, of course, covered, what businesses opening where. Right. And several of those have opened recently. Uh, Hillard Station Baking Company is one of them huh. um, that's there along Main Street. Um, you're a small business owner. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Growing, too, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, what you're describing I think um, is is, um, is good um, that, that we can pick and choose um, small businesses that have started
0: um, and ju- you know sometimes uh, just people this, working um, in those small businesses like just meet some folks going. some interesting folks mm-hmm. like we've all met the most interesting bartenders in the world you know there's going to be somebody that can tell us a little bit about the kind of life people live in Hilliard and about their life so you know I think that's a simple show that you and I can do very easily and Kevin it's been your Entire reporting career So you and I or you and Tim We could all slot into that that profile Very easily and I think we could have a fun thing With that So that's offering number one Long pause Offering number two (laughs) Is Jordan's Super high concept uh, American history Education show And that is Born out of my desire To look at How history is taught to Ohio high schoolers, and how history is taught uh, in specific and for illustrative purposes right here in Hilliard. Uh, You know, we have a great school system that's been lauded uh, for as long as I've lived here as one of the top reasons to live here. And, uh, you know, it's been invested in uh, without fail by uh, the public of this city and supported. And I think that um, There are larger Factors that are contributing To uh, tremors In this country's uh, commitment to Public education, but I believe Strongly in public education And I believe strongly in um, Ensuring that as a right To all children in America Um, And I think That if we want To look at it Honestly, the best way to do it Is to sit down And go through it. So the idea would be we take a commonly agreed upon history book, we start in chapter one, and we uh, go straight on through and following the Ohio high school curriculum until we come out the other side and graduate uh, passing uh, the high school equivalency tests for history. And maybe, I think would be an interesting Kind of like graduate requirement Would be to take the citizenship test (laughs) But that is uh, You know, for way down the road So, I guess what I'm asking is We can do one of these things Very comfortably Very easily And I think we can bring you something Really satisfying and enjoyable And good for the city And the community And fits right in with what we're doing And the other one is going to (laughs) be The biggest lift of my life (laughs) But I am uh, Excited to try it And I've been thinking about it for a long time And uh, I have Very capable help here And I have the best chance I've ever had To try it Um, So if you folks are interested in it I'm interested in it So that's what we'll ask you to do today With your uh, bulletin that comes out along with this podcast We'll ask you to vote in a uh, paid subscriber poll about where we go with our very first paywall project. And uh, other than that, fellas, it's been one month since we started this thing. Mm -hmm. We are within two subscribers of 500, and we have 50 paid subscribers. So, that's 10%. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's on our way and uh, I think that is a good indication that we have miles to go before we call this project Anywhere Done Uh, and thank you all out there for your kind support. We will be back at it next week uh, with our regularly scheduled programming Spring Break Week we will be adjusting slightly, perhaps uh, only issuing an article, only a pod we're not sure yet We'll let you know as that time approaches. Thank you again so much. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you again for helping me with this. And uh, thank you for being here today. Joe, thanks for sitting in the studio. Bye. Mm -hmm. Have a great
2: day out there.